95. Pulse 95 Live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Centre Sharjah. Just earlier, right before the break in the Adhan, we were talking to Iman Bishheba, who is a the person who is behind Sale Publishing, and she was talking about how she they try their best to be a platform for people who are interested in writing and people from all walks of the earth. And that is their mantra, and that is what is what their goal is. And right here, I have somebody who, honestly, I feel like a lot of publishing houses might have overlooked just because of his age. But honestly, he is quite the character. He's a public speaker, a student, and also an author. Here at the Shard International Book Fair studio, I've got Sanit with me. How are you, Sanit? Doing great. It's great having you back here again. You were just telling us earlier that you are a friend of the show, basically, because you were here at Pulse 95 last year, telling us about another book. And so far, you have published three books. The first one you have published, we were at the ripe age. I love how I'm saying calling it a ripe age, but it's the lovely age of 10 years old. So do you mind telling us what made you decide to write a book at 10 years old? What gave you that courage to say, I will publish something at the age of 10? Well, actually, um, I don't have anything particular at the age of 10. I mean, like, there's no particular thing with the age of 10 as such. Mm-hmm. I'd been meaning to write a book for quite a long time, actually, before that. Mm-hmm. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Um, I started off writing as a direct result of reading. Reading and writing are like the thread and the needle. Makes sense. So, reading was my roots and writing was the stem. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents encouraged me to read when I was very young. And then um, I always had this interest in being able to share my thoughts with the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And my parents suggested reading. And after that, I found myself in quite a position where I would dream about for so long thinking that a kid in another side of the world would be Mm -hmm. reading a storybook which I had written Mm -hmm. when I was around eight and nine. So that was like some crazy dream for me that I really wanted to fulfill. And actually my first book, I didn't write at the age of 10, but quite before that. So it's before that? Yes. I didn't publish it though. Oh. My first book was actually Animals. I love it. Even like the pictures, it it has that childish kind of... um, just vibe and I love it so much it genuinely feels that this is something that a child had some beautiful thoughts and ideas and wanted to put them in paper I'm I am holding it right now in my hands one of them is called Guffy the home homeless cat this is so adorable Dasun and the visitors and there is a pigeon it's it's so cute honestly I know that sometimes cute might sound a little bit um, to somebody who is a teenager. My no, like no, I'm looking not down at on all. Them, but honestly, not at all. I, I love it. It's adorable. And it just tells you that, again, you had some dreams. And I love the fact that you followed them. But when it comes to when you have many thoughts, you just mentioned, you said that you had thoughts and ideas. And your parents told you to read. So the reading helped you compile these thoughts. But what else helped you take everything in your head, everything in your soul, and put it down into paper? Because I know that's difficult. Oh, the writer's block. (laughs) Yes. Well, initially, um, writer's block was something I didn't know of at all. Mm -hmm. Because I would even just scribble the most random possible sentences Mm -hmm. onto a piece of paper. Today, I woke up and ate breakfast. Just so I have, I used to have this diary of mine, mm-hmm. and in it, each day I'd write just two, three sentences, and then it was only after a while that I started formulating my ideas a lot differently. I started looking into areas where, which tend to get disregarded. Mm. So, 
in my first book, Animals, actually, um, I look into stray animals and animals who are just treated differently. Mm-hmm. Now, we get people who own pets, right? Yeah. So, when they see a stray animal on the street, back then I would say they were treated a lot more differently. They wouldn't treat it with the same love, care and attention. Interesting, yeah. So, that was actually where I got my first idea and mm-hmm. it was something I really wanted. I wanted to be able to share my thought to make mm-hmm. people see things differently and try and be far more open. I can see that because now that you mentioned it, I noted the pigeon and I know how many people have pigeons as a pet. It's very rare because people would see pigeons outside and they consider them as an, just a nuisance, like a yeah. bird that causes lots of issues. And I love that. I love the fact that you just looked around you in the world and said, this is something that should be highlighted. And is that the way that you pick the topics for your publication or for your books or would-be books in the future? Um, yes. Be- I, I've actually followed this trend so far, even in mm-hmm. all my other publications. Mm-hmm. They're mostly centered around one certain issue in our society. But yeah. naturally, over time, they've gotten far more complex mm-hmm. and mature. Now, speaking about complex, <laughs> I need to talk to you about life of a mission which follows World War II, which honestly, when I first was reading about it, I was quite interested. I said, when I was 14, I was not thinking about World War II at all and its implications, because that is what I believe is the main subject. You're not only telling, or talking about World War II, but you're talking about its impact and everything that surrounded it. So do you mind telling us about the thought process that made you pick World War II and how did that go? Well, actually, I've been uh, quite the history fan for several years now. Mm -hmm. Even when I was a Mm nine-year-old, I really liked the idea of humans first putting together machines at the start of the Industrial Revolution Mm -hmm. all the way up to the end of the Cold War. So in most of my books, I also focus on a particular issue like something that's been disregarded Mm -hmm. and um, the disturbing and more grueling concept of human nature. Mm -hmm. So I felt that World War II, the deadliest conflict in human history, is the time when human nature was expressed the best. Wow. Where the best and the worst in us came out at the same time in all its glory. Mm -hmm. So that's why I chose actually to make use of World War II as Mm -hmm. my topic and analyze that in detail, look at it from a 14-year-old's perspective and see what it really meant for us at the end of the day. And what is a 14-year-old's perspective of World War II? Because you would be considered Generation Z. This happened nearly 100 years ago. How and what are these thoughts that you had about World War II? Besides, like you said, we saw the worst and the best of humanity emerge as a result of this war. If World War II didn't happen, mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, this world all around us, it would be barely the same. Mm -hmm. Look, World War II has such a significant role in human history Mm -hmm. that if one slight detail were to change, everything around would be different. And now, as a 14-year-old, even though it's something that happened so many decades before I was even born, I feel like there's that relationship between the cruelty of humans and the disagreement Mm -hmm. and conflict. And even despite everything, it's given off good and it's given off bad. Like, for example, the technologies we have today, they True. link a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Our, what we take for granted, especially, like mm-hmm. our phones, our cameras. Internet. The, oh, of course, the yeah. internet. All of that date back to that point in time. It's very interesting that you mentioned that when you said that if it wasn't for these world wars, 
the world would be quite different now. And ironically enough, I was actually watching a video yesterday on TikTok that asked the question, what would the world be like without the First World War and the Second World War? And you're absolutely right. Because of these technologies, even the scariest of them all, when you think about nuclear weapons, there is a question of if these did not happen. Now, I'm not saying that the wars are a good thing and they have resulted in a good thing. They have, like you said, showed us the good and the best of people and of humanity as well. But it begs the question, would we have, you know, discovered those nuclear weapons? Have, would we have formulated them? Who would have been the first person to do it? Why would they? Why were they tank tinkering around and playing around with this sort of technology that led them to reach something as drastic and as terrifying as a nuclear weapon? So I fully understand what you mean. And it's quite interesting, like I said, that you are thinking about something like that. And what interested me as well is the title, Lies of Emission. How did you formulate that and how does it connect to your topic? Lies of omission is actually a phrase. It's, mm -hmm. it's what you'd call a type of lie as such. Mm -hmm. uh, lies of omission means when a person intentionally withholds information mm -hmm. to cover up something or completely steer the narrative to make mm -hmm. it easier for them or to make it harder for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I felt that World War II, I mean all conflict in human history, and even just the general disagreements we have at office and even at school has some sort of link to lies of omission. Which also makes me think a lot about lies of commission when people mm. create new facts, new information. Mm -hmm. And well, all of it is used in the most daunting manner as possible, even though they aren't true. Mm. Lies of omission, lies of commission, they both go quite hand in hand. That makes a lot of sense because Again, if we t talk about the various quote-unquote versions of the war, if, if you ask somebody from a particular country about, let's say, World War II, they would have their own version of it. And if you ask somebody else from another country, for example, if they are from the Axis versus the Allies, they would yeah. probably have different ideas. People who pertain to certain ideologies would also have a certain idea. So it's interesting that you call it lies of commission. And also, like you said, lies of commission makes a lot of sense. And I also really uh, focus mainly on how the dictators like Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini mm -hmm. made use of lies of omission and even lies of commission mm -hmm. to just base off the entire ideologies and lead million pe millions of people to their deaths. Absolutely. And that that's the thing. It's not only about what they did it's about how they did it it's the charisma that they had it wasn't only the fear that they you know spread around everybody and spread around their countries and the nations it's also about the fact that they influenced them through like you said lies of emission to give them a purpose to follow through with their personal goals and speaking about goals you actually just had a talk right before our well the beginning of our amazing chat right here at the Pulse 95 live studio is called a crucial decade and what is interesting when I was reading the the summary or at least just what the talk is about it said the common realm altered significantly as a result of 10 years of turmoil what we what have you learned from it disagreement regardless of scale reiterates all colors of what it truly means to be human and this, this is a discussion forum and how the present should let go of the scars that built it. That last sentence genuinely made me think, how can we let go 
of the scars of the past for us to look into the future, especially if we think about that the present and the future is built upon the past. And well, uh, I feel that's mainly the, the, the duty of the new generations. Mm-hmm. Generation Z, the millennials in particular, mm-hmm. because we, I mean, I mainly added in that last part to make us recollect about ourselves mainly because mm-hmm. we, we are the first generation in human history to be living with one another with instant communication yep. all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And here, I'm a Sri Lankan living in Dubai and I get to study with over 106 other nationalities from all around the world. Mm-hmm. I'm exposed to so many different cultures, beliefs, values, ideologies. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it's this sort of unity, this sort mm-hmm. of acknowledgement that we no longer are different and that a human is a human mm-hmm. that will only help us get rid of the scars that built our past. Because even today, the actions, the execution and the planning of the leaders continue to weigh down upon us. Mm-hmm. But in this new generation where there are no boundaries as such, where everyone's one human, mm-hmm. where everyone's part of the human race, mm-hmm. we can finally let go of this difference and just acknowledge that and move yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting and it makes a lot of sense as well. It, I can see what you mean, especially in the wake of what's happening right now around the world because the political, socio-economic political things that are happening are all a result, like you said, of old scars in the past that are still persisting and that they are, the wounds are still there that this issue keeps on going and keeps on happening. So I fully understand what you mean when you say that perhaps maybe we should let go of these cars or at least cover them up, not forget about them, but just cover them up a little bit and try to overlook them in a way where you can move on and build a better world, basically. We should definitely acknowledge them. We Mm. shouldn't at all let them be buried to time. Absolutely. But when we look at them, we shouldn't look at it in a case of, hey, you owe me this. We we didn't settle that yet. Mm -hmm. Instead of a case like that, we should be learning from them and figuring out how to not repeat them again in the future. Absolutely. Because the past is integral to us. I mean, humans aren't humans without the past. The Mm -hmm. past, the present, the future, they all work together. I love that so much. You, mashallah, you are quite a wise teenager and you are a lovely character and I'm pretty sure you're going to have a lot to look forward to in the future and I'll see greatness for you in the future. But before we wrap up, I know that there are many kids, many teenagers, or even many adults who are just like you, who have lots of ideas and lots of thoughts and they would love to put them on paper and no matter what those thoughts are and also go ahead and publish them. So what can you tell these kids, these teenagers, and even these adults when it comes to following this sort of path? Well, one thing's for certain, they definitely aren't alone. There's a lot of backing out there. There's, there's so much encouragement to try and do your best. Here in the UAE alone, actually, um, over the course of years, my experience has only gotten better. For example, the National Media Council, mm-hmm. even though they say five days, five working days it takes to issue a permit, mm-hmm. they do it within just two and a half. And then even the ISBN, uh, the Ministry of Culture and Youth Initiative to make it free mm-hmm. to issue it, to cover the cost of issuing an ISBN, to encourage more and more people to start writing and publishing their books here in the UAE. Mm-hmm. So the garments here has been really helpful to me. The Saja Cultural Heri- the Saja Heritage Institute, the Saja Book Authority, Dubai Culture and Arts, Dubai Public Libraries, they all are out there and they all are willing to help you with mm-hmm. what you want to do. So if you ever find yourself stuck with the, let's say, usual writer's block where you're just not sure what to write, well, there's always time. There's always time 
to look and figure out what exactly you want to do because when it comes mm-hmm. to writing there's no restrictions as such you can be who you are mm-hmm. you can write what you want to write about there, there's nobody holding you in place mm-hmm. and then it's just a matter of developing from there onwards and remember the earlier you start the better you will be in the future love that so much you're quite encouraging and i love it that you pointed out something that we tend to take for granted and that is we've got many resources whether it's literally in the uae or even if you go on the internet a lot of people self-publish as well and there are many ways for you to reach out and find a publisher for example or find somebody to help you even in various communities and forums reddit discord twitter facebook wherever you want to go you will find a community who will encourage you thank you so much for joining us at this amazing chat Sanit. it was a pleasure talking to you the pleasure is all mine and we look forward to seeing more of your publications in the future and just like you said the more you write the earlier you start the better you will be. So we look forward to the better versions of yourself in the future as well. And all the best to you and all our young readers and writers. Thank you so much, Sanit. Thank you very much. We're going to be back a quick break and then we're going to do a quick rundown of what is happening here at the Sharjah International Book Fair. And also another young writer and reader is also going to be joining us right here at the Pulse 95 studios at Expo Center Sharjah.